0: Hi and welcome to She Is Wise, a podcast dedicated to braver, bolder, bigger conversations for women who want to change the world. I'm Ellie Bell, an empowerment coach passionate about supporting women to show up in the world as their best version of themselves. I'm a former corporate executive with a background working in professional sport and a qualified life coach working with women for the past four years. I've got two gorgeous little girls, which are the reason I'm so determined to change the way women are in the world. I have an incredible husband who encourages, supports, and shapes my work in ways that prove that men have to be part of the solution.
1: And I'm Erin Hodson, a psychic medium and spiritual healer who believes that for the world to be a place I'm grateful and proud to leave for my two young sons, change is necessary, and that change must be led by women. My work is deeply rooted in ancestors and understanding who we come from and who we can become. I love exploring the spirituality of who we are and the intersection of that with our human experiences. We're two women who grew up on opposite sides of the world, but when we met, instantly recognized each other as kindred spirits, ready to make meaningful change in ourselves, each other, and the world around us.
0: Now is the time for women to be brave, vulnerable, and bold, to explore what is really true for us and how we can make meaningful change in the world Join us as we dive passionately into conversation about things that really matter, share lighthearted banter with each other, and dare to challenge what we've been told we can do, have, and be as women. Hello, and welcome to another episode of She Is Wise. Today, we're going to be diving into the difference between being triggered and being activated by something. And this is something that we really want to dive into, and probably a little bit of a warning. We will be discussing things that might sort of make you feel a bit uncomfortable. So if you're not in a headspace so listen to listen to that, triggered. then yeah, if you might <laughs> be triggered, uh then, you know, feel free to like put this on the back burner and come back to it at a time when you you perhaps feel in a better headspace. But triggers are something that we all have. Um the word itself can be quite triggering in many ways. And, and actually that's really where I probably want to start the conversation is just a little bit of a description around what a trigger is versus what an activation is in our mind. And this is completely, you know, our thoughts there that, that you don't have to agree. You can just listen and see what what you think about it all. But, but to me, a trigger is something that creates a wounded response. It's something that happens that makes you show up in a way that isn't, Completely aligned with your most authentic self. It's something that has created some sort of negative, um, a negative feeling. You just, there's something that you've been triggered around. It just feels not very nice. Whereas an activation to me is being able to be aware that you've been impacted by what's happened, but being able to use it for growth.
1: You know, we've talked about this. I mean, that's how I describe yeah. it. How do you describe it? Yeah, I think that's probably pretty accurate. I mean, um, both triggers and activations are um are rooted in experience they're rooted in in trauma and woundedness inherently um so i think you know when we talk about being triggered by something it is that going into the wounded space it's it's like poking the bear almost it's that sense of um you know there's a wound there that hasn't been healed and and so we go into that wounded energy and we um we disempower ourselves. We, we give the, the, whatever has triggered us and the trauma behind it, we give that the power rather than maintaining our own power. Um, I think activating is much more sacred energy. It's much more connected to our own internal strength. It's much more about maintaining our own power. And, um, you know, it can still be rooted in the very same trauma that used to trigger us ultimately it's about how we um how our energy is maintained and how our power is maintained in the situation that determines whether it's a trigger or an activation um and we do have control over that because we we can do the work to heal that stuff and to grow into a space of activation
0: and, and you only have to look at you know some of the incredible stories out in the world about people who have experienced the most like horrific traumas and yet they're able to come through that and use that energy for good and use their story to help others. And and I think that's incredibly inspiring. And sometimes, you know, we can almost feel a bit like, well, unless it's you know a massive trauma. Does it really count? And I love what you were saying earlier about that. It was almost a sliding scale of how traumatic a trauma is. And and based on that is actually how we're allowed to feel yeah. about it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, people like I think as as humans, we inherently try and make a judgment about how big something is or how important something is. Um and when we're talking about trauma, you know, we're like, oh, well, um, that kid wasn't allowed to play with their friends at lunchtime, so that's not a very big trauma. And that person had a near death experience, so that's a pretty big trauma. Um, and and actually, we don't get to make that judgment. Right? Trauma is trauma. Um, and we we come to this human experience with trauma from past lives. We inherit trauma from our ancestors. Um, we collect trauma as we go through our human experience, and so. Um, every trauma that we experience isn't a standalone event that comes to us as a clean slate, right? It comes to us in whatever form we have been in, in that moment. And so sometimes the smallest thing can trigger the biggest response in us because it's just a a compound effect. So I think it's really important that we don't um, try and form judgments around how big a trauma is or how wounded we should be by it, um, or even, um, you know, not just for ourselves, but for others, the people around us. Um, you know, how many times do you hear stories of two siblings who have grown up in an abusive household? One of them grows up and becomes a lawyer, and the other one ends up in prison, right? Like that, it happens all the time. It's about our own personal response. And that's not always determined by what happens in our lifetime. Sometimes it's determined by what we come with. Yeah, that's so
0: interesting that you, that you say that. It is that it's, you know, how a trauma impacts us is absolutely based around us. And I think that's what, you know, I, I love reading a lot, as you know, anyway, anyone listening to this knows that I have a bookshelf that is huge. And I actually probably I love my going to the library. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It is pretty cool. But one of the books I've been really enjoying and diving into quite regularly is um, called How to Do the Work. And that's by Dr. Nicole LaPera. She is amazing. She's a holistic psychologist. Look her up on Instagram. She's fascinating. The book is great. And she really starts to talk about how we need to redefine what trauma is, like the new theory of trauma. And, you know, originally, the original framework doesn't really take into account what we now know you know about emotional um impact the spiritual traumas that it doesn't take that in it's very much about something being um you know big life event you've got a before and after um and so there's you know before trauma and after trauma and and that's the way that it's been been dealt whereas actually what they're starting to talk about and understand the importance of is actually what societal conditioning how that can impact um people and, and the trauma that that brings you know there's that You know, if you're always in a space where your race is impacting how you show up and how you're treated, that is going to be very traumatic. If you're a woman and you're always treated in a different way to your male counterparts, that is going to show up as trauma, depending on how you as a person respond to it. So it's really important to start to understand that, you know, racism, bigotry, bias, all of those things can create trauma. And that's very much about societal conditioning. So when we start to explore it and unpick it, it's actually really important to understand that if you're triggered by something, that's okay. But it's a real, it's that indicator to start to explore what is it? Because it might be that you haven't even been aware of the trauma that's been compounding to create that response. Because sometimes, I mean, I've certainly had this, I will respond to something in a way and I'm like, fuck, I don't even know where that came from. And actually when you start to look into it and when you start to explore, you know, what it's really about, like it's connected to something, you know, for me 35 years ago. <laughs> it's just, you know, it's it's really interesting. And I think that's one of the things with with triggers and activations and and trauma is is that being kind to yourself and being curious about what it is, like what is it underneath it all? I mean, there are often big events that we can go, yep, yeah, that was pretty that was pretty traumatic. I can definitely chalk that up on the board of why I get triggered by certain things. But there'll be a whole host of things that have just gone on under the radar that have just stacked up and stacked up and stacked up and until you actually start to explore who you really are, get to know yourself fully. You won't even know that they're actually impacting you
1: and and cre- and letting you be triggered by other things. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And it like in last week's episode, you talked about um, like how unworthiness had come forward for you lately, um, and you know you you thought you'd done lots of work there, and you were like, actually, I'm good in this space, and then bang, no, you're not. Um, and and that's the really important thing to recognise as well is that um, you know it is there to point out where there's another layer of work necessary, and it doesn't always um, it doesn't always seem obvious. And um, sometimes it will come out of the blue, and you know. And sometimes it won't even be an obvious trigger. It'll just come forward and be like, "Actually, do some work here." Um. And and how we choose to manage that for ourselves is really the ultimate decision maker about whether we are triggered or whether we are activated by it. Um. But what you were just talking about there made me um really think about like that that whole concept and and growing understanding of epigenetics. And how um, you know we're starting to understand as as humans that uh, trauma is is held in our DNA at times, and that that can influence. And you were talking about you know race and gender and all that sort of stuff, and and it's true. Like if you're if you know if you are a black person, for example, um, the the recent research would indicate that you hold the trauma of all of your ancestral um, the slavery. The abuse, the um, disconnection from your, um, you know, where you your homeland and, and all of that sort of stuff. You that is held in your DNA and it influences you. So if you then come into a human experience and experience that racial um, bigotry and trauma over and over and over again, it is going to be much harder for you to manage that stuff than if you were having the similar experiences, but you didn't have that historical um, connection to the trauma. Um, Likewise with, you know, with Jews, um, with some of the most important research that has been done in the last few years around epigenetics is in terms of the um, survivor children of the survivors of the Holocaust and how their DNA and their bodies and their trauma has been carried forward from things that they didn't experience but that their ancestors had. So I think it's it's really important when we're looking at trauma that we do come at it with a lens of acceptance and compassion rather than coming at it with a judgment and um you know wanting to know how it came about and why is it so big and why is it causing me so much pain. Like that's kind of not relevant um to the outcome.
0: Yeah, that's so it's so true. Sorry, just to jump in there. Because if you just think about, you know, having a conversation about, you know, something that's perhaps gone on, and it's really bothered you, and it's really upset you. And it's really, you know, it's, it's really, you feel very wounded about it. And then you can have a conversation with somebody else, who then is looking at it through their lens. And they're like, but why don't you just fix it? Like, it's not that big a deal. Like, hmm. why would you just, you know, and they will see it from a completely different well of course they will because we all have our different lenses and our different filters but it's really easy to be in that space and feel like am I okay for feeling the way I feel about a situation because actually I haven't been validated by somebody else Mm. and sometimes it's remembering that other people aren't going to be able to validate your experiences because they haven't experienced them with the history that you've experienced them with they can only see it from where they're coming from. So we talk a lot about making sure that you you know, share what's going on and be vulnerable and, and all of those things. But it's also really important to remember that when you are doing that, that you do that with the right sort of people and that you, you have the space that is going to be held for you and supportive. And actually, if it's not feeling like that, then you're totally okay to say, you know what, I'm actually just going to leave this for now. Because sometimes they're just not the right people to answer that particular question because actually they might be triggered by what you're talking about. So it's, you know, it's really interesting when you sort of start to unpick, and, and I think you're right, you have to come at it from this place of gentle curiosity. I mean, you know, all oh, know that's one of my favorite phrases. It's just that that kindness about what's going on. It's that mm. that be interested, be curious, but just really gently. You don't have to know all the answers. You don't have to know Why the whys, the whats, the wherefores for it? Or you just need to be open to what it could be. Yeah, and I think that allows the energy to shift in it, and it becomes lighter, and and you're able to explore it a little bit more without going into that very dark, dark energy of trauma, because that that's heavy. It's really heavy. Whether it's a, you know, a a really awful, and look, I'm even doing it myself there. Whether it's something that would be classed as a big trauma or a little trauma, whatever it is, if it's something that has stopped you from being able to show up as your most authentic self in a situation, that is a trauma. Yeah. That is that is creating a division between your authentic self and and how you have to show up in the world. And that is like if we're talking about the, the spiritual side of things and the, the humanness versus the spiritual side, like that is the disconnection from your spiritual self. That is where, so, I mean, like the, the pain that is in there is just, is incredible. And I think if we can start to acknowledge that that is a form of trauma, when we are so disconnected from who we really are, then I think that allows us to actually start to be able to work through it a lot easier and know that actually there is a way to get out of it at the other end, because you can see from people who've been through extreme trauma that they can find their way through it. We can do the same with that that trauma between, you know, the disconnect, you know, to our true selves.
1: Yeah, I think um, for me, like the the key takeaway from what you just said for me is, is very much that, um, you know, trauma looks different for everybody. And um, ultimately trauma is a word that we use to describe an experience that has not, that has not been healthy for us in that moment. Right. Like it has caused a a wound of some description. Um, Every trauma every experience that we have is valid. And it's really important that we understand that. Like we don't have to come at it from a place of, I need to know if that was a big trauma or a little trauma. Is that a subsequent trauma? Is that the first time I've had that trauma? Like none of that matters. What matters is that the trauma is valid and your feelings about it are valid. And whatever needs to happen next is valid right and it's always something that you um have a validity around in terms of your need for support your need for love and compassion and um i loved what you said about finding the right people and holding the right space for those kinds of conversations because we don't get to see the world through someone else's eyes we only ever get our own lens and you know i look back to some of the traumas that I've experienced in my life. And, um, you know, one of the biggest ones would be uh, when I was 19, my best friend committed suicide and like the way that there were three of us that hang out together all the time. And um, the way that the the two of us um, who survived that experienced that trauma was really significantly different. And, you know, it was the same event. The same stuff was happening, but both of our responses were valid. And what happened next was valid. But can I then talk to her about my experience? Not really. It's probably not safe for me to do that for her, right? Because she experienced the same trauma. And so it's important to recognize that when we are approaching, you know, something that could possibly like if if it's triggered us and someone experienced it with us, it's probably not a safe space to then dive into it with them unless they invite that. And you can ask them, you can say, look, I really, I'd like to talk about it. Are you okay to talk about it? You know, but it is really important that we go into it with an awareness that everybody does experience things differently. And it might be something that is so, um, you know, so easy for you to talk, talk about that you don't think it's that big a deal. And actually for the other person, it's deeply traumatizing and they just can't deal with it. So checking in and making sure that you're in that, you know, in a healthy space and that you're holding healthy space for someone else is super important, I think.
0: Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And I think I love what you just said there about how different people are able to talk about stuff. You know, the work that I've done on me, is I can talk about most things like it might take me a couple of days sometimes to process something before I'm able to fully express it but as anyone who knows me knows I'm generally quite vocal about how I feel and I'm and I'm pretty much an open book you can't look you you can't look at me and not know how I feel generally speaking (laughs) you know as much as I would pride myself on being you know very fine actress when I was at school Um, certainly now that is you know that's not something it's pretty pretty obvious where, where I'm at with things But then on the other side of it, you know, there are people who who don't find it very easy to talk about, who have spent their whole lives not speaking about stuff. So to then expect them to be able to respond and talk about things in a a manner that might feel right for you is incredibly unfair. And it's actually something that we have to remind ourselves exactly what you said. People experience trauma in different ways. People are triggered in different ways and people respond to those triggers in different ways. And even if they respond to activate, like if they're activated, they'll respond differently. We are all different. And that's OK. Like, uh, as we said last week, different doesn't mean bad. It's just different. And I think if you can always show up with that love and compassion, if you're on, you know, creating the space for other people to talk, if you're holding that that energy so that they can actually start to unpick a little bit and find out what it is, then you can't judge them. Like you, you have to be able to allow them to do it in their own way and not push it and not try and, you know, change it and get what you want out of it. You have to remember that it's all about them. And, you know, Again, Erin, I'm so incredibly grateful for having you in my life because I I process audibly. So I will start talking, and as I talk, things will uncover. And I actually don't need anyone to answer the questions because I've got all the answers, which I believe we all have. But it's just a, find a finding a way of you know accessing them. Mine is through talking, funnily enough. And as I talk through, I'm able to be like, oh yeah, no, this, oh, yep, da, da da. And by the end of it, I've normally solved a lot of it myself. And but there are or a lot all of people, it, or all of <laughs> it but there will be some people who actually really do need a bit of support and need a bit of help with that and and having that being able to tune into the energy and ask the right question can like just un you know can really unblock somebody's mind in the way that they're thinking and and i think that's such a certainly from the work that we do is such a privilege to be able to hold space and, and do that and to also just be that constant reminder that whatever is going on for you is absolutely okay. Like it doesn't have to be this massive thing to warrant a massive response. Like whatever is going on, wherever you are is absolutely fine. And just know that there are other people who are experiencing similar things to you and that there are also people who can help you. So I really want anyone who's listening to this, who's feeling, whether they're feeling triggered or feeling like there is stuff going on for them know that there are people who will hold that space even just you know energetically we're holding space for you now that that if you need to write down what's going on for you if you need to talk it out then please do that because there's it does us no good holding on to feelings inside of ourselves when we we hold on to them like that energy think about the power of um, a wave so you know if a wave is coming rolling into the into the beach if you try and stop that wave Like, that is so much energy that has just got to go somewhere. Like, if you've got tears, if you need to cry, they need to come out because if you try, like, the energy it takes to hold them back is is no good. Like, it it will get stuck in your body and it creates dis-ease, which can create disease. And I think that's something that's really important around those triggers. You know, if you are triggered by something like dive into it understand why be curious explore it without judgment without worrying what's going to come up because whatever's going to come up you've got through anyway you know you're still here standing here able to do it and it may be hard and it may be horrible and it may be uncomfortable and you may need lots and lots of love and support from lots of other people but that's all okay all of it's okay does that
1: yeah totally I think the um Yeah. Like, you know, you said you process audibly and I made a joke that you, you know, you get, you get there all by yourself. You don't need me there really. But um, I I disagree with that completely. Of course you need someone there Um, because I think the the thing with trauma and with our response to trauma is that we're never really truly sure what our response is going to be until we're in it. Um, And, you know, something may crop up that, takes you down that trauma spiral and you get into that wounded energy and if you don't if you're not well equipped or if the situation doesn't allow or if you're just so deeply in that spiral that you can't see or you can't access your tools um having someone there with you and and having someone help you navigate your way out of that ensures success right and so What I want to, um, what I want to say, I guess, is that, like, in the work that we do in our group work, um, as an example, uh, having that space held by other people, other women who have experienced similar traumas, completely different traumas, um, similar wounded energy, completely different wounded energy, um, sacred energy, the whole lot. um, Having that space to then go into and know that you can unpack everything you can sort through it, you can discern what is useful to you and go through the process of releasing what isn't, healing what's left, and then stepping into your power around that and being able to carry forward in a, in a powerful, authentic way what will serve you. That whole process takes time, it takes energy, and it takes support. And if you are lacking in any one of those three, reach out. And I think it, t- it takes compassion, doesn't it? It's self-compassion. It's
0: compassion for others. It's being able to, um, to learn that forgiveness doesn't mean that you forgiveness isn't agreeing that what someone did was okay. It's letting the energy around it go. And it's also remembering that if we don't heal the trauma, if we don't do the work now, a, it's going to impact us for the rest of our life, which to me just sounds really heavy and really annoying and really boring. So if I can deal with it, actually, thank you, I will. But also, it's going to carry on to the next generations. This is what epigenetics is showing us that if we don't do the work, it will carry on. So we are, you know, if we don't do it, then our children will carry it on. If they don't do it, then their children will carry it. Like you know, this is this is an ongoing thing that we actually have the ability to do. And then the wonderful thing about when you start to do it is it actually starts to heal you know, the people who've come before you. And, and often people say that when they start doing the work on themselves, they actually start to notice a difference in the people who may have had the, you know, carried it forward and sort of handed on some of it. And that to me, just like what a gift to be able to to give yeah. to the people who've come before you to be able to change the way that energy is. And I know that's massively the sort of area that you like <laughs> to work in with with yeah. ancestors. Um, so, yeah, can you share a little bit more about that? Because I know that you've got lots Lots of amazing insights.
1: I think the the question that most people have around that stuff and when we talk about epigenetics in particular is, you know, if if I've already inherited it and then I've had children and they've inherited it, how can I change it for my children? And how can I change it for my mother or my father or my, you know, my grandparents or whatever? Because they already hold it, right? Um, but the it, it's understanding that it is all energetic right? Our our epigenetics, our DNA is an energy that we carry. Um, And it's possible to change energy or shift energy or move energy at any given moment. We can't take it away completely and we can't add energy to it, but we can bring different energy to it. We can shift energy and replace it with something more loving, more compassionate, more kind, more healthy, whatever right? Um, that doesn't change whether someone is here or not in a human life. So as an example, um, my grandfather experienced a lot of trauma in his life and took his own life um, before well before I was born. There is a lot of trauma still for him in spirit. right I can do the work to help him with that. And that will change the trauma that was then experienced by my father and the trauma that's been passed on to my generation. And it will prevent it from being passed to the next generation, even though we already exist because it is energetic. And so it's super important that we do the work for our children, for ourselves, but also for those who have come before us. Because if we can heal our lineage, if we can heal our ancestral um, support team, they can show up for us in a more powerful way. They can show up for our loved ones in a more powerful way. And it makes sure that the legacy that we pass on is healthier, stronger, more vibrant, more loving. And, And we can't want more for our children than that. Like there's nothing that we can that we can want for our children more than the opportunity to have the best possible life that they can have.
0: Wow. I just love all of the things that
1: you just said, basically.
0: (laughs) And I don't really have anything to follow on from that. So oh. it's been, a, it's been a, a really interesting conversation. We have touched on some things that, like we said, have probably you know felt a bit uncomfortable. So if you want to reach out, please do. But also just know that we're holding space for you and whatever is going on, there is a much love coming to you from us at this moment in time. So um, thank you for joining us. We will be back again next week with something interesting. I don't think we've even decided yet. So uh, if you've got any ideas of what you would like to hear, please reach out, um, You know, send us a message like subscribe all the usual stuff and thank you very much for joining us you've been listening to Shears wise with ellie bell and erin hodson if you've enjoyed this conversation please remember to subscribe so you can join us next time and if you haven't already please consider leaving us a review or sharing this podcast with your friends thanks so much for joining us and we will catch you on the next episode